0: The next day, their rulers, elders, and scribes assembled in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest, Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and all the members of the high priestly family. After they had Peter and John stand before them, they began to question them. By what power or in what name have you done this? Then Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, If we are being examined today about a good deed done to a disabled man, by what means he was healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified and whom God raised from the dead by him, this man, is standing here before you healthy. This Jesus is the stone rejected by you builders, which has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved." When they observed the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and recognized that they had been with Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is our first reading for the fourth Sunday of Easter. And I, I'm, I'm reading it out of the version of the Bible that, that we will be reading it on Sunday. Uh, instead of the NRSV, I'm using the Christian Standard Bible in part because I like the way that the last verse is translated, which is actually not part of the lectionary reading, but it will be on Sunday uh, here at Faith and Staples, uh, because I love the The picture that it paints, it's this reaction to what it is that just happened with their one question to Peter and his response, they say, when they observed the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were uneducated and untrained men, they were amazed and recognized that they had been with Jesus. They want to know why this beggar has been healed, this one that we heard about last week where Peter says, silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give to you. Grace, mercy, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. And he does, and he jumps and leaps and praises God, and they go into the temple, and everyone's amazed by the fact that this was the beggar that was always sitting at the gate, and now he's healed. What has happened? This is amazing. And then you see now the apostles, the disciples, being put in the same place as Jesus Where Jesus would be confronted by the leadership over his teaching, over his miracles, over his intervention in the regular life of the the local community, and here now you have these rabble-rousers again. Except they handle them a little bit differently than they did with Jesus. With with Jesus, they lied to try and make sure that he'd get crucified and get rid of him. With these these people, they, they really don't have an answer, especially since Peter says, We did a nice thing for this guy. What's your problem, right? He says, if we are being examined today by a good deed done to a disabled man, that's something that Jesus had an issue with uh, the leadership also, right? The, The thing that got him in trouble was because he used to do things on the Sabbath. He used to heal on the Sabbath. He would, quote unquote, break the Sabbath rules. And here you have Peter and John doing a similar thing, breaking the rules by doing a nice thing, and it gets them in trouble. It's this picture for us of I wonder how many times we have done, you have done a good deed, done a good thing, or thought you were doing a good thing, and it got you roasted on a spit, got, you, got yourself in trouble because of good thing that you did. I wonder, has that happened to you before? Because this happens here with the disciples. And it makes me think that that's the picture for us, where we we unfortunately get it in our heads that things are going to go well for us. When in fact, the, the picture that's painted for us in Jesus is that he says, you're actually blessed when you're persecuted. Life is actually better for you as a follower of Jesus when things are not going well for you. Why? Because you then place your dependence and your life in the hands of Christ. You place your dependence upon God for all the good that he gives you as the world is bombarding you with all sorts of, of bad things. It's it's the reality that the statistics show that the better life goes for Christians, The the Less regularly do they attend to services, the less regularly do they pray, the less regularly do they read the scriptures, the less regularly do they actually pass on the faith, the less regularly is there any urgency about their life to share of this Christ with others. Whereas you go to places in the third world, Africa, South America, parts of Asia, where life is not that great in comparison to what we have in the first world, and you find that it's there that churches are exploding to where you're having m- multiple church services during the week. You're having people standing room only for three hours a day to hear preaching and to pray and, and to sing together and all these things that, that are part of the way of life of the church. Whereas for us, I wonder how often it's sort of a uh, just an interruption to a Sunday morning that, that we can do better with with npr or the new york times or or whatever because we we take that then to understand this this necessity for for reliance upon god being filled with the holy spirit as it says here of peter uh, this this need for god's work within us especially when it comes to giving an answer for what it is that god is doing in our lives being able to share that and then what ends up happening You don't have to be trained or educated to be able to have a response. The the thing that causes them to recognize that they had been with Jesus, which I still love that phrase, was the boldness, their boldness, their willingness to say no. Our reliance all of our life hinges on this name that is above every other name, that there is no other name under heaven other than this Jesus Christ, whom you need to know about. And that's the story as it continues on that eventually you hear later on in the chapter that, that after, uh, after being threatened and sent off, they gather together with the church, uh, what was the church at the time, and they pray and they beg for that same boldness to see fruit come from that of, of this Jesus, of what it is that he has come to do to be the one who raises the dead, this boldness, this urgency of that. And that should be our desire too, shouldn't it? It's that question of not just having any sort of head knowledge or understanding of this Jesus, but why Jesus matters. Why does he matter? Because he is that name above every other name. That there is no other name under heaven by which we can be saved, but in Jesus Christ who died and rose for you to take away your sin and to raise you bodily from the dead one day when 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 the, that trumpet sounds and Christ returns. And so hold on to that, church. Continue in the word. Continue gathering together for church services so that that boldness can grow in you. And we give thanks to God that it will happen. He will continue to do that because he's promised to. He's promised to continue to, because he began a good work in you, as the scriptures say, he'll bring it to completion. Let us pray. O Lord Christ, good shepherd of the sheep, you seek the lost and guide us into your fold. Feed us and we shall be satisfied. Heal us and we shall be whole. Make us one with you. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Go in peace, serve the Lord. We'll see you tomorrow.